Welcome to the Spooky Tales podcast presented by me, John. And me, Louise. We have been fascinated by spooky goings-on since we can remember and wanted to share with you the stories that pique our interest. Thank you to all our lovely new followers on Instagram and YouTube, particularly Mark Young, and shout-outs to Debbie, Wendy and Ardith. Today's story is of hauntings, possession, poltergeist, psychological manipulation and an unexpected twist. It's the spooky tale of the Red Ribbon Witch. The Red Ribbon Witch. That sounds like one of those tongue twisters, as I have proved by having to do this several times. Okay, a Red Ribbon Witch. Red Ribbon Witch. Red Ribbon Witch. Red... Oh, no, I oh, see no, what you're saying. Oh, no, you can't yeah. do it either. <laughs> anyway, for this spooky tale, we return to a town in the northeast of England, about a 40-minute drive south of Newcastle. Not that far from Hexham, the town that figured in our first episode, the spooky tale of the Hexham Heads. Ooh, the spooky northeast. Go on. Let me introduce you to John. Not me, obviously. That would be weird. Although you can introduce yourself. Okay, I am John. Yes. But let me introduce you to another John, who um, is the, the one that we're, we're focusing on in, in the tale. Uh, Hannah, his wife, and their young four-year-old daughter, Lucy. They are a normal young family struggling to make ends meet on a monthly basis. So, to try to relieve the financial burden and give themselves more space, they found a house to rent not too far away that was also much cheaper. Was it that sort of, it's too good to be true cheaper? Indeed, it did have that whiff about it. A couple of odd things here. Neither John nor Hannah ever visited the place before submitting an application. They viewed it online only. Also, they were never asked for any references. Once the application was accepted, no credit checks on them were ever carried out and all admin fees were waived. That sounds deeply suspicious. Doesn't it? Also, the landlord wanted to remain anonymous. I beg your pardon. I didn't even know that that was legal. No. Whenever they told friends and family where they were moving to, they all, every one of them, said don't go because of its reputation as a drugs den and generally run-down area, not the sort of place to bring up a young girl. John seemed to be a little blasé about this, saying that it's no worse than any other street in England and that it was all a lot of rumour. Yeah, I think he needs to look out where he goes if he thinks that every street in England is run down and kind of a drugs den. What did his good wife say? Well, she was really worried by the negativity around the area to I'm which already, they were moving. I'm already liking Hannah. She's my gal. She is, indeed. I can see, I can sense that. So much so that they did go and have a look at the house one evening as it was getting dark. Always the best time to go and view a property in an area that has a dodgy reputation. It was next to marshland, so there was a spooky mist hanging in the air. If that was not spooky enough, the houses were all painted black. Oh, what? Seriously? Black? Really? They had a quick look. And as John walked away, he swore someone was watching him from a distance. As they walked back home, Lucy caught sight of a red ribbon, worse for wear, but visible under the street lamp in the ditch. 
Although Lucy wanted to fetch it and take it home, Hannah sensibly moved Lucy on. Yes, you see, Hannah is obviously going to be my spirit animal in this one. I am going to feel what Hannah does is correct. I think she does sound like the sensible one so far, doesn't she? John's a bit sort of more shoot from the hip, I think you could say. (laughs) Rubbish at making decisions. (laughs) The moving day was a week later. All they owned fitted into one van. Oh, do you remember those days? I do, I do. We did that. We moved and everything we fitted, everything we owned fitted into one van. I know, I know, including the sofa. Yeah. Yes. So, John went over first, sorted out the unpacking, and as he entered the house for the first time, remember, he was taken aback by the stench of rotting flesh. Oh, my word! Yes, as he entered the kitchen. Oh, my word! And he carried on. He didn't think, oh, dear. Gasping, he carried on, yes. The place hadn't been decorated in years, and one room was covered in black mould. Oh, my word! No wonder it was cheap. John could not bear for Hannah and Lucy to see the house in this state. He called them and told them not to come over for a couple of hours to give him time to get some bleach and try and clean it up a little and get rid of the terrible rotting stench of death. He wished he'd bought more bleach though and asked them to come even later. As before he knew it, they were at the gate and he had hardly touched the kitchen. He braced himself for their reaction. But to his surprise, Hannah loved it. And when John asked whether she could smell anything, she could not, except for the bleach. Lucy ran upstairs to her room to unpack. Hannah and John decided on a colour scheme, and John said he would go into town right away to get the paint. Hannah called up to Lucy to tell her she and Daddy would be going into town to get some paint. Lucy demanded they buy two dolls, one for her and one for her new friend. I'm not liking the sound of a new friend in an empty house. Yes, that's right. And John was a little, well, perplexed. And what new friend, he asked. The little girl upstairs, replied Lucy. Yeah, no, Hannah, grab Lucy. Let's go now. She likes playing with dollies, just like me. Okay, said Hannah. If you're good, Daddy will buy you a new doll. What's your friend's name, asked Hannah. It's a secret, replied Lucy. And she went on to say that she wanted to be her friend and play with her, but her name was a big, big secret. As John went upstairs to get Lucy ready to go out, he heard her singing her favourite song called The Family Fingers. Not one I know. No, I must admit, it's not one I'd heard. However, as he got near, he could just hear the words of the song. Daddy Finger, Daddy Finger, where are you? Mummy finger, mummy finger, where are you? There you are, there you are, now I'll get you. Only it was definitely not his ears playing tricks on him. It was not just Lucy's voice, but that of an elderly woman as well. That must have totally freaked him out. It did. He asked Lucy who she was playing with. Lucy replied again that she was playing with her new friend. Then she informed her daddy that her new friend's mummy doesn't like him, not at all. John, slightly panicked by this, dare not go into her room for fear of what he might see. So he's just going to leave his daughter in there, his his little four-year-old daughter. I know, he's such a hero, isn't he? He really is. Instead, he decided to shout at Lucy instead to hurry up and get ready. Lucy appeared before him, and in her hands was a small red ribbon. Oh my goodness, was it in the room? Lucy told her dad that her friend had given it to her as a present. John was not happy and quite frightened. 
He sent the unhappy Lucy off downstairs to get ready for their trip into town. John, meanwhile, plucked up the courage to go into the room to see what was going on. He slowly peered into the room with his eyes closed. I'm sorry. <laughs> He, he peered into the room with his eyes closed. I know. He wasn't really peering, was he? He was just going into the room with his eyes closed. I, he, <laughs> he was peering with his hands and fingers, as you know. Oh, God, that would be worse. Can you imagine going into a room, you don't know what's in there, and you feel something oh, rather no. than, oh, I'm actually giving myself... No, if I'm ever in that situation, I will be opening my eyes, because you're right, that would be worse, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be so scary. I'm like, whoa, like that. <laughs> Okay, so go on, John. Go yes. in with your ears. Your ears closed. No, your eyes closed. So although John was sceptical of the supernatural, he found himself telling whoever they were not that they were not welcome in the house and not to play with his daughter and that he would throw away the red ribbon and that would be an end to it. That always works well, I find, to lay down the law to a spooky supernatural entity. They normally take very kindly to the fair but firm approach. Exactly. The entity started to toy with John. First, in a guttural, hoarse and wholly unnatural voice, it started to repeat the daddy's finger song. Oh no, what did John do? Well, he commanded the entity to leave the house. And did it? Did it work? Well, it spoke to him in Latin this time, again in a dark and menacing tone. It said, Ego Sabina, Ego Pythonisiam. What does that mean? Well, it's Latin for I am Sabina, I am a witch. Oh my word, if anything speaks Latin to me... I'm probably going to be leaving. Yes, well, this finally did seem to stop John from issuing cease and desist orders to the entity. Very wise. And by now, he was properly scared and confused. Hannah was calling up from downstairs, wondering where he got to. And why he was shouting at something that wasn't upstairs. <laughs> you know, John, darling, why are you telling something to leave? <laughs> that's a good point. And why Lucy was upset that Daddy had taken her present of the red ribbon. John, give him his due, he thought quickly for someone who was scared out of his wits, said that it was something that the previous tenants must have left. And how did that go down? Well, Lucy, the daughter, was having none of it. It's mine, it's mine, she cried. Hannah immediately admonished Lucy for being disrespectful, but was also very surprised, as she had never seen her four-year-old daughter act like this before over anything, let alone a piece of old ribbon. Lucy continued her defiance and was inconsolable when John threw the ribbon in the bin. Later, Lucy had calmed down enough that John could take her into town to buy the paint to decorate the house, and on the way they passed their old house. And although John was a little bit regretful, Lucy was upbeat, saying that she didn't miss the house as she had a new friend now that had moved. So his putting the foot down hadn't really worked? No. John decided to go with it, and asked what the friend's name was and why it was such a big secret. Lucy replied that she can't tell him because he's a man and that all men are nasty and should be punished according to her new friend's mum. Oh my goodness, I'm thinking he's, her new friend's mum's got issues. Yes, well he was starting to have a panic attack but made the mistake of trying to put his foot down again to stop her playing with her new friend, to which his daughter cried out that her friend and her mum were hurt by nasty men and that he was a nasty man too, and she wants to hurt you. Oh my word! Yeah, and she said, if you stop me playing with her, her mummy will hurt you. She then went on to say that it was only him they would hurt, but they were going to look after her and mummy. 
Good Lord. So this is all happening on the first afternoon they have moved into a house that smelled of rotting flesh. Yes, that's that's about that sort of sums it up and speaking Latin to, Latin to them. And he's not thinking, I'm not sure we've made the right move here. <laughs> Shall we go into a and b for the night? No, they're on their way to into town to get paint. Thankfully, the conversation went a little bit more back to normal and with promises of pizza for tea, the mood lightened. However, as they walked back to the house, Lucy began to sing the Daddy Finger song again. But this time, it was not his daughter's voice singing, but also that of the hoarse, menacing, hag-like voice that he had heard earlier in the day. What on earth do you say to that? John didn't know what to say. Thankfully, things then started to calm down for a few days. He, along with the help of his parents-in-law, gave the inside of the house a lick of paint which brightened up the place and made everything seem more normal. After the exertions of the decorating, John snoozed, but then he had a terrible dream. He was back at the old house. The house and the street outside were empty, but he could hear laughter, innocent at first, but then more of a nasty cackle with malintent. He didn't like it, so he tried to run away, but his legs, it was as if they were cemented to the floor, and then he heard the Daddy Finger song again. Suddenly, John was surrounded by familiar faces. His family and friends, except they each had a weapon in their hands. Ooh, what sort of weapons? AK-47s? Bazookas? No, more your sort of knives, axes, hammers. You know, that sort of zombie-type killing uh, thing. I don't really watch zombie things. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. That's what they use, isn't it? I think chainsaws as well, but uh, they didn't say about chainsaws. Oh, dear. I'm not going to watch zombie things. (laughs) (laughs) However, like zombies, they stared at him vacantly and were unresponsive to his questions. I'm wondering what his questions might have been, actually. Go away! Why are you here? (laughs) That would be mine. Why are you here? (laughs) Would that not be your first question? Probably, yeah. So, could, but, but the way I've written it, so it makes it sort of sound as if it's sort of like, so, um, how fast is a cheetah? <laughs> can you t- can you tell me the rule of Pythagoras? Yeah, that's right. What does this Latin question mean? But actually, then he heard the voice again, and it said, "Pernite mini te occidere," which means, "Let me kill you." Oh no. <laughs> Why say it in Latin? I don't know. I think it's probably more devilish, I suppose, you know, would really terrify you once you translate it. John was, in fact, terrified in this nightmare. And then the voice came again. And this time it was again in Latin saying, Ergo sum non incentes. I am not the innocent. Spot on. Suddenly, John's friends, inverted commas, attacked him, giving him a succession of stab wounds. And as he lay there wounded, he saw a young woman staring at him as she walked by with a satisfied grin. She was slim, long, dark hair, and around her waist, she wore a red ribbon. It stood out as all else was grey. Sabina, John thought, and then the voice came again. Ergo Dominus, or I am the master. And then she leant over him and said, Ego sum rubric uita pythonisamai. No, that's not right. (laughs) (coughs) That's actually a pizza you can order. It was. I like my my added pepperoni. (laughs) 
Ego sum rubric uita pythonisimi. That's better. Yeah. Or I am the red ribbon witch. Oh my gosh. John howled in terror as she came closer and changed from the beautiful young woman to an old and rotting corpse-like hag with deep, dark, sunken eyes. Can I just say, hags get a real rotten press. They it's do, always, actually, you, right. never, you never hear of a beautiful hag. And no. Yeah, I do think. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I take that on board, actually. Yes, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, standing but up for the hags. On this particular us, occasion, with her deep, well, dark, <laughs> sunken eyes... <laughs> and corpse-like appearance. Yeah, no, she's not obviously feeling her best. <laughs> <laughs> he awoke from the nightmare and found himself to be in the living room. He was so relieved after the awful visions in a dream. I'm not surprised. Yes, but what did it all mean? I don't know. Well, when Hannah and Lucy had returned, John told Hannah about his nightmare and the young lady with the red ribbon. Lucy ran upstairs, excited to see her newly decorated room. Hannah tried to calm John down. She then went upstairs to see Lucy's room. She immediately called down to John, asking him to come up at once. Why? What was it? What was wrong? When John reached Lucy's room, he saw in Lucy's hand... The red ribbon? Yes, that's right. Hannah was confused, saying that she thought John had thrown it away. She'd seen it in the bin. Enough was enough. And John went back downstairs, grabbed himself a beer from the fridge and sat on the sofa. That's what I like. I like a hero. When the going gets tough, <laughs> he goes and gets a beer. That's <laughs> the only Michael thing to do. Man, Michael the man. <laughs> In his head, he heard the words, John, we shall enchant thee. Oh, dear. And with that, he fell asleep. The next day, so I'm assuming this was the evening then. I was going to say, otherwise he keeps... Nodding off and for, for, for a long time, yeah. With a beer in his hand. I mean, that's dangerous. He's going to he's going to wake up with a damp lap. I thought that was really strong lager. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's right. With, with his, was it a pint of mild? He was having very nice. Anyway, the next day, John arrived home after work in the early afternoon to go and pick up Lucy to take her to see her grandparents. Hannah took this opportunity to catch a nap. Because they're loving long naps in this house. <laughs> must be shattered. Just, well, no, when you've just moved house, it is tiring. That is very Yeah, that's true. a good point, actually, because if you're working as well. Yes, exactly. So, she's having a nap. Can you guess what happened? Did she have a nightmare as well? Oh, yes. She found herself in a medieval village in the foggy marshland, where a young mother and her child were indoors, the child brushing her mother's hair, when suddenly three burly men came crashing into the village. Oh, dear. Hannah hid but saw the brutal kidnapping of the child and the mother shouting, I curse thee, after them. Hannah was so incensed that she started to run towards the men shouting, Return thy child, leave her alone, when something held her back and she heard the words, Crudelia fates, or cruel fate. Oh no! So was Hannah hearing it now? Yes. Hannah also heard the words that John heard Ego sum rubric, oita pythonisium. I am the red ribbon witch. That's right, yes. And she saw the woman with the red ribbon round her waist. Then she also said, Patty mikum apud. Pat is with apud. 
No, although that does sound like it could be a decent <laughs> translation. But no, it means allow me in. No, 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 Hannah, no, no. I'm saying Hannah. I mean, she's a sensible lass. No, she, Hannah didn't do. She didn't let her in. She didn't let her in. As you say, she's a sensible lass. But as part of this dream, she was drowning in the boggy marsh and the water was up to her mouth oh. and starting to seep in. Oh no! The woman was still there watching her and Hannah saw that this was Sabina, the woman who'd lost her child and cursed all men. Pray for your husband's redemption, said Sabina. I shall let you live. And with that, Hannah awoke. Completely relieved. How did she feel about the nightmare? Well, it really unnerved her. I'm not surprised. And it didn't help that the next time she went into Lucy's room, there were chalk symbols on the wall. Unusual, not the sort of thing a child would draw. More something that a witch might. A witch looking to cause harm. She was also fearful of falling asleep again in case she met Sabina. But at the same time, she did not want to believe it. So when John had a fright in the bathroom... Why? What happened? That's always going to be bad though, isn't it? <laughs> Any time a sentence starts with, and you had a fright in the bathroom. Oh gosh. Oh dear. Well, he was taking a shower. Oh dear, and he had a fright. <laughs> Lordy. <laughs> well, he, and on this particular occasion, he heard a bang. Oh my word. And so he came out of the shower to oh, see right. what it was. And he saw, written in the steam on the mirror, oh. Come to the marshes. Ooh. Then he saw a dark shadow which started to form into a beautiful young woman smiling at him. In the mirror? In the mirror. Oh. It was Sabina. And what, looking at him? It wasn't Hannah behind him? No. And um, uh, did he tell Hannah? Did she believe him? Well, it wasn't that she didn't believe as such... But she was frustrated and angry with John. Why? Well, he had suffered with anxiety quite badly years before, and this wasn't doing much to help the situation. Oh, no. He claimed that he'd seen a man in a goat's head in those years when he'd had it bad. Oh dear. Now that's nasty for John. Mm. So Hannah was thinking that maybe it was happening again, but it was somehow affecting her as well. That doesn't sound likely, Hannah. Well, yeah. Well, she did blame him for putting the thoughts into her head, which perhaps had caused the bad dream. Well... Yes, okay. I still think that's a bit harsh. But yeah. anyway, was she, was she concerned at all or was she just being mean? Oh no, she was. I mean, not long after this, John had another terrible dream where Sabina tried to seduce him. Ah, terrible dream, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> that's what he told Hannah. It was awful. It was awful, yes. Hannah. Absolutely. She made me a nice meal. <laughs> Sweet nothings to him. <laughs> That kind of awful dream. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. And so it, uh, she'd also said that... Uh, so Sabina tried to seduce him. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I've got lost one the seducing, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> that um, also a, de a demon, which was Sabina's master, Ooh. had declared Sabina would have her vengeance. Oh, lordy. Yes. And when he awoke, he told Hannah. And she was concerned because John was concerned. Yes. But she needed John to sort it out and see a doctor quick. He was really freaking her out. And it was putting a strain on their relationship. So if it had problems before, do you think that actually this wasn't happening? That it actually just, well, not just, but it was perhaps a, a relapse. He was possibly having... Yeah, I mean, kind of absolutely. Or, you know, nasty... You know, he was thinking he was seeing stuff. 
Yes. And I think at this stage, you would think that would be a, a good diagnosis of the situation. Well, yes, especially if it's mainly centred around him. Yeah, absolutely. Although, yes, and she's just having bad dreams because he's putting thoughts into her head. Yeah. But let me introduce Sid, and the next door neighbour. I don't have to say, I think the red ribbon thing. That, that is that, a bit that, odd. that would make me, that's not John, John's not, no, unless you know him. But that, that could have been the young, the young child sort of. She actually sort of snaffled it when the Hannah wasn't looking or something like that. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's why it was in the room. Yeah. So okay. that's easily explained. Mm, so okay. anyway, let me introduce you to Sid, the next door neighbour. Hello, Sid. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So Sid had not actually endeared himself to John as he was always quite drunk and invasive whenever he came across him. Like the time he appeared at their kitchen window and slid down it into a heap. <laughs> I've just got this image of him splattered against yes. it. And that kind of well, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> as he goes down the window. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. However, Sid began to clean up his act and one day he met John. And against his better judgment, John invited Sid in for tea. Sid, who had told John he was a medium, asked if he had met the Red Ribbon Witch yet. Ooh! Oh, that's freaky. So Sid knew all about her. Yes, and the Demon Master. Oh, my word. So can I just ask, does Sid live in one of the black houses then? Next door. Oh, gosh. So he started to tell John about the history of how she was a witch in medieval times, but she was doing good things for the community. But once they took her child, she banded together with other affected women in the community and formed a blood pact with a very powerful and very evil demon. Yeah, so I see. So they, they bring in a, a lady with a child and suddenly she gets friendly with other women and she's a bad witch. Yes, that's, um, that's yeah, you, now you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blood pact uh, with a powerful... Just, uh, yeah, okay. Right, right, okay. Yeah, so well, this is coming from the cleaned up <coughs> drunk, yeah. The cleaned up drunk next door who slid down the window when you yeah, first met him. Right. <laughs> yeah, the there is a bit of misogyny there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Just as smidge. <laughs> anyway, as Sid was saying this, he became very nervous because he was fearing that he had said too much <gasps> and he cut his story short and fled the house. Oh, good gracious, it still affected him that much? That must have unnerved John. Well, it did. And he began to rant and shout at Sabine to go away and stop what she was doing. Yeah, it's always a good good plan. Yeah, well, that seemed to make things worse. You do surprise me. And then John had a bit of a nervous breakdown. Oh. And he was discovered by Hannah and Lucy well, on their return, curled up in the corner of the room in the dark. Oh, dear. It really does sound like the, uh, the witch and the demon had got to him. Even the idea of the witch and hmm. the demon seemed to really have got to him. Yes. Well, John and Hannah were worried enough that he actually went to the doctors the very next day. Good. The doctor listened to the symptoms, took one look at his history of mental health and diagnosed anxiety and depression, giving him a course of pills. It doesn't sound like this case is, is that straightforward. I mean, John's mental state obviously isn't helping, but it sounds like the house it really, you know, is, was haunted. Well, it certainly seems to be backed up by Sid and he knew all, all about what he'd been going through. Yes, that's true. And also seemed to have uh, been able to guess what Hannah's dreams were. Who, who guessed what Hannah's dreams were? The neighbour? Yeah. <gasps> oh, yes. So, yeah, so as you say, it's not that straightforward. Um, anyway, they also had a visit from the neighbour on the other side, a lady called Pat, uh, who'd asked Hannah who how John was coping with the witch. Oh, no, really? Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a secret. That, so it was something that other people had heard... Which seems to make you think that it's not John at all. That's right. So the neighbour was worried because the witch always affected the male tenants so badly. They tended to go a bit doolally. 
So to try to get things back on an even keel again, John suggested that they go to their favourite seaside resort in Whitby, not with the neighbours, just uh, John, <laughs> Hannah and Lucy. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, let's get a busload. Oh, Whitby's lovely. No, Whitby's really nice. I really like Whitby. And there are lots of Dracula myths there. Oh, really? Yes. Are you not sure you're not thinking of Transylvania? It's <laughs> yes, very similar to Whitby in many ways. But no, there is, there's lots of stuff. And they, I think there are even... Um, statues of the author of Dracula, whose name has gone completely out of my head. No problem. Which I have got Dracula somewhere. I don't think I have. I got it in sight here. No, I can't see it. But yeah, no, it's lovely with me. Well, there really you go. Lovely. Well, it was also where John and Hannah had first kissed oh, and fell in love. That's nice. They all loved the idea, and so the next weekend decided to set off. Now, something tells me it's not going to be plain sailing. This. Well, yes. Just as they were about to set off, Hannah as she was upstairs brushing her hair, heard a phantom voice say to her, do you still love him? Oh, my word. Yes. It I pe- hope she said yes. Well, I, it appeared to be coming from the mirror. Ooh. Ooh. Well, John called up to her to chivvy her along. Ooh. The voice spoke again, something along the lines of, men always have to control us. Oh, gosh. Yes, because John was sort of saying to hurry up. Yes. And also the fact that wedding rings mean nothing. Oh, God. Well, Hannah was quite shaken and yes. she said that she did love John. So oh. you're absolutely right. Good. And that he wasn't like that and the voice should leave her, leave us alone. Yes. Quite right too, Hannah. Well done you. Well, the voice replied, as you wish, you will be speaking with me once more. Then all shall be revealed. Oh, lordy. Yes. I'm not quite sure what that means, but that doesn't sound good, does no, it? No, that's not a positive thing. No. Uh, it's not like the, you know, the, here are the winning lottery numbers. Oh, that would be yes, so good. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. As Hannah went to come down the stairs, she felt funny, lost her footing and tumbled down the stairs, landing hard against a bookcase at the bottom. Oh dear! Well, she was fine and she gained her composure and realised actually that it felt like she was pushed. Oh no, my goodness! And there was another reason that this was very serious. Oh, what was that? Was she pregnant? Yes. <gasps> but she hadn't told John. Oh, gosh. Thankfully, everything was fine. Yes. And now she told John, and he, he was absolutely delighted. Oh. And now became extra protective, which seemed to bolster his courage somewhat. Good man. He, suggest, he suggested Hannah get right out of the house that afternoon and spend time at her mum's, and that he would walk around with her. Oh, right, that sounds like a good idea. Yes, except on the way over... Oh, no, what'll happen now? Well, his wife was a couple of steps ahead of him, and as she turned round, her features started to change. Her features changed from that of his lovely wife to that of an old, grey, battered woman. Her gait changed, too, (gasps) to a lurching limp instead of the brisk temper he was used to. Oh, my word. Hannah, he called. This was no longer Hannah. Oh. But Sabina. Oh, no. Yes, and she lurched at him and started to wrap her hands around his throat. (gasps) Thou art powerless, John. Thou shalt suffer. Thou shalt bow before thy master. Sabina taunted him as she pressed her hands around his throat. So this is happening outside? Outside on the way Uh, to to Hannah's mum's house. He finally managed to gather his wits and he shouted at her to kindly cease her actions and move along, but not in so many words, if you get my meaning. Oh, I do, I do. Did it end in off? It did. (laughs) Right. What happened then? Did she, you know, move off? Well... He was met with even more ferocity. Oh, gosh. What did you just say? It was Hannah. (gasps) The witch had gone and Hannah was standing in front of him, demanding to know why he thought he could speak to her in such base terms. Did she say something off as well? She did. Quite quite a lot. Did she? Mm -hmm. John didn't tell her what he'd seen. No, no, John. No, no. 
Well, God, no, rule of thumb, I think, if something like that happens, you just go, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I saw you morph into Sabrina, <laughs> the evil witch. <laughs> a, do you know, like you rather, missed a trick there, didn't you? Rather than, oh, sorry, I just, I wanted to shout obscenities at you. <laughs> well, this was it. Well, basically what he did, he thought of a different solution. Right. Which was that he apologised profusely. Always saying, good. Saying that it was down to the medication uh, for his anxiety and depression. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you're not convinced by that. No. You think going with the, you, uh, you, I saw you morph into the Sabina the Red Ribbon Witch would have been better, yes? Well, I uh, well, no, putting it like that, that doesn't sound good either. But I was just saying, oh, sorry, love. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Either way, it was bad, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the street as well. I know. Anyway, how did it all end? Did they, did they move? Please tell me that they moved. John had the brilliant idea of holding a seance no. with an Ouija board no. that they bought in their trip to Whitby. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> no. Was Hannah okay with this? Well, at first, but as she started and the first demonic Latin was spoken, she was quickly against the idea. Oh, well, bright woman. I mean, I th- no. That dear me. Anyway, at this point, Lucy came running downstairs, telling them to stop as they were invoking the demon Baal. The four-year-old daughter told them that they were invoking the demon Baal. I know. Yeah, it was her friend, El- Eliza who we now know the name oh yeah who had been teaching her good spells and good. warned Lucy that her mum and dad must stop well, however actually, I agree with Eliza well yes that's not bad for a spirit child is yeah. it yeah however it was too late John had gone fully possessed but he was trying to resist taking on the red ribbon witch and her master Baal oh what? Well, there followed a tremendous supernatural battle of wills, which John and Hannah were losing badly. Oh, Finally, John lay on the floor, barely alive, with Hannah pleading for his life, when the spirit of Eliza, Lucy's friend, came to the rescue, and by the power of her love, goodness, innocence, and a few nifty spells, she was able to battle the demon. Gosh! Soon, though, the demon began to overpower the spirit <gasps> child. Oh no! Hannah sent you had to convince the Red Ribbon Witch to save the spirit child's life. Gosh! And at first, the Red Ribbon Witch was not into it, and but, but eventually, she did turn back towards the light and used her power to overcome the demon. Although <gasps> it cost her her existence. Oh gosh! But the curse had been broken. Oh God! You have to go. Hannah, okay. Yes, Hannah packed their bags yes. and they moved to their parents' house that night. Wow! So there you go, another spooky tale. I must say, that one was a bit full on. What do you think? Well, I agree, I'm exhausted. There seemed to be a lot happened at the end there. There seemed to be like an epic battle there. Yes. And did this actually happen? Did this is, are you, you know, this is well, yeah. actually something that happened? Well, this is a true story written by John Andrew Bell, and it's called The Skipton Haunting, and it's based on his own experiences. So he's the John? Uh, yes, that's right. So, so it's called the. Sk- oh gosh. Yeah, I think all other names and, and places and things like that are actually uh, you know pseudonyms and what have you. Apart from Whitby, which is a real place. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But I'm going to add the link to the book in the show notes so oh. that you can go and have a look at itself. Well, yes, However, a good one. yeah, well, I ought to warn you, it's oh, yes. not for the faint heart of you. Really? It's definitely not a PG. Oh. Much more along the lines of a 15 to 18 certificate. Is that because of a blood and gore, or, or were there shenanigans? Well, the seducing was uh, um, more. More of a, a a bit of a longer sort of um, yeah, it was more than just. You it's know. making you flustered just to try to <laughs> find the worst and describe. No wonder you've enjoyed reading it so much. Yeah, yeah I know. Yes, so you have to read the seducing it's, several times. But it's times. more than that. There's, there's there's quite a bit of sort of horror and stuff. Oh, in is there? Well. Yeah. Gosh, 
well, that's amazing. Yeah, but well, it- thank you. It's a real good one. I really enjoyed it. So thank you as well. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this spooky tale. We look forward to joining you again for All Hallows Eve. Oh, yes. So please do tell us your spooky tales, either in the YouTube comments or... Via email, which is thespookytalespodcast at gmail.com. And come and follow us on Instagram at thespookytalespodcast. Thanks again. Bye. Daddy Singer, Daddy Singer, where are you? There you are.